night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the big show. Want you to get involved. Do it. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. That's how you get involved in the conversation. If you are calling in, be nice. You'll be talking to Matt. He came off a big weekend of calling football and all sorts of things. Uh, so be nice to him. You'll get to me. And if you want to text in, let's start with our text question of the night as we uh, approach the end of the summer. Today is International Beach Day. Do you prefer the beach or the pool and why? So do you prefer the beach or the pool? Why? 855-616-1620. Again, the old National Bank talk and text line, old National Bank. Get old. Uh, how did the game go away in Indiana this weekend or this past weekend, Matt? Who were you? Who did you call again? I know it was, uh, it was a school in Merrillville, right? Small school in Merrillville? Very, a very small school in Merrillville. It was the reigning state champion, Valparaiso Vikings. Another blowout in week two. The Vikings took the cake against the Andrean 59ers. The Vikings <laughs> didn't quite reach 59 points, um, but it was uh, very dominant uh, for Valpo. Right. But Andrean, they did well. They'll have a good rest of their season. Um, but early on in the season, you get a lot of big schools against small schools. And when yeah, one sideline, yeah, when you got one sideline that's 30 for 30, for yeah. Salt. I always feel bad for those small schools because you know these big schools, and it's in college too, it doesn't matter, that they're using these small schools as like a tune-up before they get to the quote-unquote real games. Oh, yeah, it's the same thing going both ways. When you have one high school that has their bench from the 30-yard line to the 30, and then on the other sideline it's 45 to 45, oh, man. it's not... <laughs> gonna be pretty, but we had no. some big plays. There gonna be some guys from that game on both teams that'll be playing on Saturdays within the next couple of years. So uh, okay. it was some good football. Good. Uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad the game went well for you. I don't know about for uh, you know for the the smaller team, but at least nobody gets hurt. They play the game. That's the way it. Uh, that's the way it goes. And now, as the regular season starts, then they'll be playing schools more their size and and uh, abilities, right? That's correct. Yeah, they'll be playing teams. Well, in conference play, they're within their conference. And then oh, it's okay. when you get to state playoffs, that's where you pick on teams your own size. <laughs> right. so, during the regular season, who knows? Uh, we are keeping our eyes on Florida and Georgia and South Carolina, of course. Adelia came through today. I was uh, texting with my brother this morning, my youngest brother lives on Anna Maria Island, just off. Uh, it's about maybe forty-five minutes an hour southeast or southwest, rather, of Tampa. So um, I texted him the other day, and I was like, "Okay, what's the what's the situation?" He said, "Well, it looks like it's going to go north of us." And at that point, it was still looking like Tampa may be the target. It shifted a little further north today. And uh, when I texted him this morning, he said they had been evacuated from the island. So this is the second time they've had to be evacuated. Couldn't get back on. He heard from some police officer that had come off that uh, there was flooding, but uh, they were hopefully going to be able to get back onto the island by this afternoon. Now, I haven't heard back from him. But, um, you know, and that's, like I said, that's farther. That's a lot farther south than 
the Big Bend where it actually hit, and they're getting flooded down there and getting those storm surges. The footage from this hurricane was crazy. Right before the show, I was watching a little news on television, and, you know, McDonald's signs getting ripped off, gas station uh, overhangs getting destroyed, stop signs getting ripped off. There was a car in South Carolina that was literally lifted up and thrown because now tornadoes are coming through as well. So it is, uh, it's crazy watching these kind of storms. And I know we live where there's thunderstorms and there's could be tornadoes and stuff. And every region has their, you know, their weather nightmares that they could go through. You know, you get a little further north in the winter, that's blizzards. You're over in uh, Buffalo, it's the blizzards. The heat and stuff down in the southwest and the hurricanes along the Gulf Coast and uh, the Pacific Coast. It's just uh, when you when you see this, it's just insane. But where are you? I, I can't figure out a place. I was thinking of this today. All right. You know, my brother and sister-in-law, beautiful house right across the street from the Gulf of Mexico. It's gorgeous 99% of the time. But then this is the second time that they've had to evacuate and... They're going to have to evacuate more. When they built the house, it had to be, you know, a lot of different standards of architecture to withstand hurricanes. So, okay, maybe you go, well, I wouldn't want to live on the water down there. That'd be crazy. All right, where are you going to go? Well, I'm going to go over to, uh, uh, maybe I'll go into Texas or Arizona. All right, then you're going to get either the uh, crazy heat, you're going to get tornadoes in Texas, you're going to get tornadoes through the center of the country, you're going to get nor'easters, and then horrible blizzards up in the northeast and up in the uh, up in the northern plains. You're going to get those kind of blizzards here in the Midwest. Tornadoes, snow. I don't know. At some point, you just go, "All right, well, this is where I'm going to live, and this is what I'm going to have to deal with." So, we'll be keeping an eye on all of that. Thankfully, they say that the uh, it's now a tropical storm. It should be out over the water by tomorrow afternoon so but it's going to hug the hug the coast they said for a while and then all the uh the super tide is coming which is <laughs> doesn't sound too super but yes the super tide or king tide rather king tide is coming and that's just forcing everything uh more water to come on shore so you know it's uh for all the people who think florida is the place to be man oh man when it gets hit when it gets hit like this, and it was just last year, wasn't it, when Ian took out a whole bunch of the Gulf Coast farther south? Not uh, not good at all. But, you know, thankfully, so far so far the death toll hasn't, uh, we haven't heard too much, which is good, fingers crossed, uh, that it doesn't go too high. People did seem to be, people did seem to be listening this time. As I was watching coverage in the days leading up to today, it seemed like everybody was getting their stuff together and heading out of town or boarding things up cuz sometimes you do see you do see those lunatics um <laughs> or it was just like ah you can't uh you know i'm staying i'm not going anywhere i've survived i've survived this i've survived a wildfire i've survived blah 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 and uh, if they, if they tell you to get out get out all right our text question of the night uh today's international beach day do you prefer the beach or the pool and why from the 708? I love both beach and pool. All right. You got to pick one. Uh, Jeff says, I vehemently dislike both. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
But if someone locked an explosive prison collar around my neck and forced me to decide, it would be the pool because the beach probably has less protection from the UV rays. Uh, beach water is nasty, not always, and often E. coli laden. The sand is dirty and spreads around bacteria from bird. Boy, Jeff, you are taking all the joy out of uh, all the joy out of the beach. I would go. I would vote the beach. Thank you. Only because, now, I'm not a fan of the sand, but I do enjoy listening to the waves come in. I like the view better from a beach. Um, you know, yes, sometimes people are jerks on the uh, and leave stuff on the sand that they shouldn't. But uh, I'm going to go beach. Matt, you a beach or a pool guy? Beach, beach, and beach all the way. Now, if you ask me if I had to swim 25 yards in a pool or in open water, it'd be pool. But in terms oh, sure. of in terms of hanging out and in terms of where I would go to have a good time, it's beach all the way because you can't play beach volleyball at a pool. You can't <laughs> no. play football at a pool. And at the beach, there's something for everybody. You got the boardwalk, you got the ice cream carts, and if you want to talk about pollution and contamination, there's nothing worse if someone decides to do a certain thing in a pool no, compared to open water. I, I no pools are gross. At least at, at the beach, the water is moving. You know, so, something's always going on. And I, again, I just like the vibe at the beach. I could sit I could sit at the beach, and I have uh, sat at the beach for hours during a day. A couple of cocktails, a book, go in the water for a little while, come back out. Just, uh, yeah, I'm a beach guy. But that's our text question of the night. You can join in and answer that throughout the show. We're going to do this. And then, oh, Slim Shady cracking down on the Republican Party. We'll get to that and so much more. It's WTMJ Nights. Beats. It's Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. That, of course, Eminem, Lose Yourself. Uh, last Wednesday was debate day. We were in. Uh, we were in for a longer show. We were all talking about the debate. We were watching the debate. We were talking about Vivek Ramaswamy, who uh, had rapped that song "Lose Yourself" at the Iowa State Fair. And oh man, oh how, how you know that's uh, he, he was creating a viral sensation with his rap. But my question to you is, do you, when you hear a candidate use an artist's song, do you take that as an endorsement of that candidate by the musical artist? Or do you just figure, oh, they're just, just using the song? Because that's what's uh, worrying some artists. And it's worried them for a long time. But it is it, it worried Eminem. He was not happy that uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was using his song, and so he wants to make sure it is not going to happen again. He went to BMI. They are the music licensor, and they sent a cease and desist letter to the candidate's campaign. Uh, the music rights organization said that, quote, it received a communication from Marshall B. Mathers III, professionally known as Eminem, objecting to the Vivek Ramaswamy's campaign use of Eminem's musical compositions, end quote. They revoked the campaign's right to use the music at the appearance. Uh, in a statement, Ramaswamy's campaign said, quote, to the American people's chagrin, we will have to leave the rapping to the real Slim Shady. Yeah, that probably would have been best uh, in the first place, don't you think? He did, this was, all right, we all do dopey stuff in college, but this to me was the, uh, the weirdest thing I guess I had heard that, um, not that he, Ramaswamy went to Harvard. I knew that, 
But at Harvard, he performed under the stage name Davek the Rapper. All right, uh, Corny Joe. I don't, uh, I don't, I'm, while I am a huge Eminem fan and I do like hip hop, I doubt that I would have been uh, following Davek the Rapper around. I'm guessing when he says performed under the stage name Devek the Rapper, that was maybe at like a dorm party or, uh, you know, maybe if he was in some one of those uh, secret social groups in the Ivy League, like the Skull and Bones or whatever. I don't know what uh, Vivek Ramaswamy might have been in, but um, maybe he performed there because I don't think he was barnstorming the Northeast or all going all around Boston and Cambridge performing as Vivek, Vivek the rapper. He said, I did not grow up in the circumstances Eminem did, but the idea of being an underdog, people having low expectations of you, that part speaks to me. However, Fox News uh, kind of, and this is Fox News coming out and going, oh, yeah, well, I don't know how much of an underdog he was because he had a prep school upbringing. Oh, it's like the last scene of, uh, of 8 Mile where he takes down Papa Doc. Have you ever seen 8 Mile, Matt? Fantastic film. Oh, 8 Mile rules. I can't believe we have one that you've seen that we both I I know seen it, and it's on. not added on my list. No, no, we could always watch it just as a bonus. Cuz that is one I think last week we talked about movies that you watch whenever they're on. I think we were talking about comedies, but if 8 Mile is on, I always watch. Even if it's just the last scene. Clarence has two good parents. <laughs> just I <laughs> I don't know why. I love and and I was old. I was like out of the ideal demographic when that movie came out, but I love the movie. Um, I like the raps, and I got no. I have no problem with him saying he doesn't want Vivek Ramaswamy doing this. Now, we, if you remember, there were a lot of uh, during the former president's not only campaigns but during his uh, term in office, a lot of artists said, hey, Trump campaign or Trump administration, we don't want you using our music. So like Neil Young, R.E.M., Aerosmith, Adele, Adele, Elton John, Earth, Wind & Fire, the OJs, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, Twisted Sister, Pharrell Williams, Rihanna, Guns N' Roses, Nickelback, Tom Petty, Panic at the Disco, they all told the Trump campaign and the Trump administration uh, you can't use our music anymore. Now, it is not... Theoretically, candidates can st could still use it. If the venue... that Say last week at Fiserv Forum. If Fiserv Forum has a, a use agreement with BMI, then uh, it's called a public performance license, then they can play the music. But it's not going to make... A, it's not going to look good for... A candidate, if the word gets out like, hey, uh, I'm Adele, and I told Donald Trump to stop using my songs. Or uh, when Bruce Springsteen did it for uh, Ronald Reagan and uh, Bob Dole and Pat Buchanan, they were all trying to use Born in the USA, which is... Ironic. That, that would, huh? Born in the USA, one of the most ironic songs uh, out there. Yes, I was just going to say, it's, it's not about being proud of being... It's, it's kind of a protest song against how, about how things are wrong in America. And yet, 
Uh, people just co-opted it because they thought, you know, and, it, and it's people who've never listened to it. They go, born in the USA, that's a good song. You know, because you can't always use the Greenwoods, proud to be an American. Sometimes you got to find another, uh, you know, song with America or USA in the title. So we will see. I'm, I'm betting Vavek is going to leave this alone. You don't want to listen. You don't want to beef with Eminem because then Dre gets involved. Then it's East Coast, West Coast again. You, you don't want any. You don't want uh, Eminem, you know, putting out a diss track on you. Or going into Vibe magazine and having, you know, going all crazy. See, look at that, man. I know about diss tracks. I know about all kind of stuff. I'm down. I'm <laughs> down to clown. All right. We are going to clown. But first, we got to do this. It's WTMJ. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. Our text question of the night. Today is International Beach Day. Do you prefer the beach or a pool? Why? From the 262, the beach is better. No chlorine, softer water, and no kid pee. If you're taking a, if you're talking a pool with a monster slide, then that would be a toss-up. All right. Chuck in uh, Racine says, I would pick the beach, but would have to be in the Caribbean. I, I'm not uh I, I like that peggy sends a picture of a, a beautiful backyard pool and a deck and she says pool because it's in my backyard but i would take the beach too yeah if i had a beautiful backyard with a pool um i would enjoy that pool immensely but i would still have to go with the beach uh and answer well we'll get to uh we'll get to that and we've got uh we've got a lot of stuff to do an update on a story we did last week the insanity continues but right now it's 6 30 we have to go to the wtmj 24-hour newsroom jessica Getzo, ready to go we're listening to wtmj nights That's the problem. It's WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noonan, 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank Talk text line. Our text question of the night today is International Beach Day. Do you prefer the beach or a pool and why? And then our uh, wonderful news reporter, Jessica Gatso, threw a curveball in there. She threw another angle. If it's a beach, is it a lake beach or an ocean beach? Now, see that... Because we have Lake Michigan, so that's that's a big lake. It's nowhere near an ocean, but more of a lake than I'm. Th- when I hear lake, I think of like up in the North Woods, you know, good sized lake, but you can uh, kind of see the other side. You can get to the other side pretty quick. Not a great lake, but uh, all right, we throw that we throw that into the mix too. Oh boy! Last week, I don't know if you remember. If you weren't here with us, I, I don't know what you're doing at night instead of being here. But either way, we were talking about a proposed law in Indiana that was going to have school districts uh, have to consult parents if their children wanted to be called by a different pronoun or a different name, including, like, uh, Matt, my producer. Well, his legal name, his given name was Matthew. Is his Matthew? He's he's still here, uh, Matthew. But everybody calls him Matt. My brother Michael. Everybody except immediate family calls him Mike. Um, well, that wouldn't work. You would still have to get a note from the parents because of the vagary of the law. And as you can imagine, uh, we thought that was really dumb. This whole thing. Um, and again, just to, to rehash it a little a little bit more, um, I have no problem with having to talk to parents if your child 
has presented as a male or a female up to a certain point and then says to their teacher, you know what, I don't, um, uh, I want to be called, in my case, I want to be called Beth. Well, yeah, okay, then you you talk to the administration, you, the administration and the social worker um, talks to the parents, make sure, make sure that's, uh, that's okay. But even people in Indiana, when we talked about the story, who had done that, who had gone into the school before the school year started and sat down with the principal and everybody had said, uh, listen, I know up to this point, this is what my child was called, but, you know, they're, they're at a stage in their life that they're evolving or changing or transitioning or whatever you want to, or, or exploring, however you, however you want to put it and however the child feels about it. So even then it wasn't really working. Well, guess what? The stupidity could, could start coming to a district near you because now it is spread to Iowa. Maybe it's only going to go to states with I uh, that start with I, so I think we're done after Iowa and Indiana. But Iowa schools are now asking parents permission to use nicknames. They've left everything they've left everything out. Um so some Iowa schools are demanding parents permission to use a child's nickname in class. Uh parents have gotten permission slips authorizing the school to use nicknames, even simple ones like Joe for Joseph or Kim for Kimberly. And this is because uh, Senate filing 496 in Iowa, they must have, see, you, especially when it comes to schools, you shouldn't be copying somebody else's work, Iowa. Why are you looking over Indiana's shoulder? Because here's, I think we can all agree, this is the danger of cheating. If you cheat off the wrong people, you're going to look just as dumb <laughs> or dumber because you copied the wrong answer. <laughs> so Iowa, you are all, oh, you are getting a failing grade because you didn't copy off Smart states, you copied off Indiana. Uh, so <laughs> this one says there Senate file four ninety six in Iowa says a recently passed is a recently passed laws it bans teachers from using quote a name or pronoun different from the one listed in the school records without parental permission. So it is exactly the same as Indiana's. So they they did lift it, uh, and they were just as vague as Indiana because. Everybody we talked about last week in Indiana, all the school districts were like, this is so crazy. We don't know what to do. So the schools are opting to go overboard instead of leaving themselves open to some sort of, uh, some sort of controversy. And you know why that is? Because there is some idiot out there who is going to go, you know what? My child's name was Joseph. And that teacher called him Joe, and that's not right. That's He didn't get my permission to call him Joe. Well, your son said that's what he liked to be called. I don't care. I'm the boss of my son's name, not my son. Somebody would sue about that. That's... It, that that's why that's that's why these school districts are having to go above and beyond and bend over backwards and kowtow to these uh, fringe well one it's it's let's lay the blame where it is it's the legislatures in Iowa and Indiana who are you know of laws about schools are normally written 
by people who have never actually been in a school. Uh, I'm going to tell you this from firsthand experience. There was a um, a girl who a, a girl. She was in fifth grade. Well, the end of fourth grade, she started. Uh, you know, she said she was she wanted to be called a, a boy's name, and and I. The only reason I hesitate a little when I tell the story is just because I don't want to offend anybody, but I know sometimes. You know, kids are kids are experimenting a little bit when they're young, and then um, th- this could be the path that they stay on for the rest of their lives and go through a transition, and that's you know that's fine. Or sometimes they change back, but or not change back, but they decide they don't want to use that name anymore. They'll use their birth name. But anyway, everybody was notified: the social workers, the principal, the teachers. They all sat down. Every the nowadays principals aren't going to take the risk of not notifying parents about stuff. That's just that that time has long gone. We are in a school. They are always, always letting the parents know what's going on. So you know, and it, this was this was passed by written and passed by Republican lawmakers in Iowa. So, yes, um, just just be careful because uh, it's not going to stop. And, and I'm not, listen, you know I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but this kind of stupidity will run amok. And it's just going to, it's just going to get crazier and crazier. Did you, like, we always, I always ask kids uh, at the beginning of the year, um, if they have, like, if their name is Matthew, go Matthew. And usually the kid will say, call me Matt. But I always ask, too, if they don't say something, I go, do you want to be called Matthew or Matt? And they'll, then the kid will say. And once the kid says it, that's what that's what they'll do. Not if I was in Iowa or Indiana. Then I'd have to fill out, you know, some form in triplicate. I'd have to get Google Sheets involved. I'd have to be emailing and uh Sending home Slack messages and all sorts of things, so that the uh, so that I could find out if I could call Matthew Matt or not. Because God forbid I call him Matt, and then oh, Matt. what if I started calling you Matthew now, just so I wouldn't get in trouble? Would that uh, would that offend you, Matthew? <laughs> uh, you're going to first have to file a form and send it up the chain of command. Uh. <laughs> Listen, I've already sent. I've already sent the first draft to HR. Uh, I copied our bosses. I've copied copied the president of the corporation. Everybody, uh, I, I've let everybody know that I may, in fact, call you Matthew. What, what a tragedy! <laughs> that I'd call you Matthew. I mean, I to... <laughs> there are people like in some classes, like I would get called Matthew just because I don't know. It's a teacher, or professor who I don't have a lot. Right. Like one day a week, or they don't ask, and at that point, I'm not. The thing is, I'm not going to go out of my way. But if they're reading roll, and they say if you want to be called something else, just speak up. Or if they ask, then I'll speak up. But I won't like go out of my way for it. But at right. the same time, it's just it, the whole thing in Iowa, Indiana, ridiculous. Yeah, well, I think somebody is mis, uh, misinterpreting what we're saying. Uh, from the 815, schools should teach reading, science, and math. Um, parents have the right to know everything else. They know what is best for their kids, not the state. 
Nobody's arguing that. But there's also there's also levels. It's ridiculous to pass a law and then make it so vague that me calling a uh, girl named Kimberly Kim, if she says that's what she goes by, or if from, you know, now she's in fifth grade, well, from the time Kim was in kindergarten, she's been in the same school, all the teachers know her as Kim, everybody knows her as Kim, now I got it, and her parents have never said, don't call my daughter Kim, uh, now I got to send a note home to their parents to go, hey, is it okay that we, you know, the girl we've called Kim for the last five years, can we still call her Kim? Because, you know, there's a new law and we've got to report everything. That's a lot different than if your child is is proposing some major life change. Then, of course, the parents have to be involved. There's no question. Nobody's arguing that point. The argument is how petty and stupid some of these laws become in an effort in an effort for whatever you want to believe they're for to just uh, to make everybody's lives more complicated. And I will add this: anybody who thinks that parents and schools don't communicate, you know whose fault that is a lot of the time? The parents, because I know for a fact. I have, and everybody I teach with has sent home notes and emails and asked for meetings and all kinds of things, and the parents who don't, there's parents who are very involved, and that's terrific, and that's how it should be. But there's also a big chunk of parents who don't have the time, and then they're usually the first ones that are going to complain that, well, I didn't hear from the school. Well, yeah, you did, and that's the beauty of emails and stuff. There's a nice paper trail. Oh, yeah, here, look, these are all the emails we sent you. And there's no been no response and no bounce back. And we've left voicemails and we sent you a text. And you didn't want to, uh, you know, you couldn't be bothered. So before everybody starts uh, talking about uh, the schools being at fault, and school, listen, schools have their faults. I'm not, uh, I'm not just brushing that aside. But it's a two-way street with the communication and this is just a street that is uh this part of the street doesn't re even need to be a bike path it's so weak but i would like to know if you had if you had a nickname in school because i unfortunately never did 855-616-1620 the old national bank talking text line we'll get to a lot more after this on wtmj Brian Noonan, WTMJ Knights, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. We were talking about this Iowa law that is verbatim the Indiana law, both passed by Republican lawmakers, um, saying that uh, teachers cannot use a name or pronoun different from the one listed in the school records without parental permission. And the problem is they made this thing so vague, according to educators, that they are now, in order not to be sued, having to talk to people about nicknames. Now, I got a uh, text from the 815. If only it was innocuous as changing uh, Kimberly, Kimberly to Kim. If you don't think schools have an agenda of indoctrination to advance their many gender agendas, you are naive. Uh, no. No. 
I am uh, not naive. I actually work in a school now. I work in a district. I love this line of questioning that uh, teachers can indoctrinate their students. Trust me, if teachers could indoctrinate their students, things would be a lot different in the classrooms. There would be a lot better behavior. There would be a lot more uh, learning. There would be a lot of things different if teachers could indoctrinate it. Um, so I asked this person if they work and or have kids in a school. Um, the point of my question is, if you're, if you're not, this is, a, this is an easy talking point for the right, that teachers are indoctrinating their kids, indoctrinating their kids. Uh, trust me, there's no time for indoctrination. What there is time for is talking to children who come to school and present these things. And yes, of course, if your child comes into the classroom and has been presenting as a boy or a girl and now suddenly wants to be called the opposite, yes, you have to, as a school, get the social worker involved, get the parents involved, and talk about it. Or if you know that your child is going through this, it is your responsibility as a parent to approach the school first and say, this is what's going on just so you know, so that the school can say, well, how do you feel about us using the, the name or the pronoun that they want us to use? Is that okay? But these lawmakers who are in such a, such a furor to shut down any sort of discussion about trans youth or uh, want to use fear to make it seem like everybody is being indoctrinated. They don't, they're going to put these blanket laws out and then make them so vague that it not only is oppressive to the children who are going through this, but the educators who are trying to just go through the day teaching your kids what everybody says they want, reading, writing, arithmetic, schoolwork. Yes, but you know what? A lot of kids come to school, and that's a safe place for them. So they need to feel that they can talk to their teachers, but then, of course, nobody's trying to keep secrets from the parents. And if you believe that, you are woefully misguided woefully misguided if you're afraid of something that's in a book if you're afraid of you know your kid being in a class with some kid who wants to use a different pronoun maybe you ought to reevaluate some things all right uh real quick mitch mcconnell having another uh, attack today this one was scary um he just 30 seconds he just kind of blanked out so uh, they're, they're just saying he felt lightheaded again. I've seen people lightheaded. I've been lightheaded. Mitch McConnell looked like he had a serious mental episode again. So that's not looking good. All right. We got to do, uh, this and then it's news time. And after that, oh my goodness. Imagine being on a plane with a child. Oh, we've all done that before. That sounds okay. Not this child. Uh, we'll get into that and a whole lot more. It's WTMJ nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. 
Hour number two. Here we go. 855-616-1620. The Old National Bank. Talk and text line. Old National Bank. Get old. That's how you get involved in the program. Uh, we all know that airfare is very costly. But would you be willing to pay a little bit more to fly on a air, on a flight that doesn't have children? 18 and older, like an adult resort, but it's an adult flight. Now, normally, I don't mind kids on a plane. I, I, you know, I've tried to get more patient as I've gotten older, try to be a little more ex- uh, accepting of things. I understand that a baby doesn't know how to pop their ears. Things happen. Um, we traveled with our daughter when she was young, and, you know, as a parent... You pray when you're getting on a flight that your kid's going to sleep or that if your child starts to cry or something, you can you can calm them. Then when they're a little bit older, and it's easier now for children to fly because you can bring things to keep them occupied, whether it's an iPad or a game or, you know, some goldfish crackers or a shot of whiskey to knock them out. Uh, you know, not that I would ever condone that, but... You know, but there are certain there are certain things that uh, some parents just need to wake up a little bit and say, okay, yes, most people around me are going to be patient with a kid. Now, if your kid is kicking the back of my seat, I expect you as the parent to say to them, "Hey, don't kick that seat," because I'll put up with it for a little while. Then maybe I'll give a couple of, uh, you know, just turn my head and look back, always at the parent, because they're the ones who are in control, hopefully. Uh, and then at some point, if, if we're in hour three of the flight and the seat is still getting kicked nonstop, I may say to the parent, excuse me, could you please ask your son or daughter to stop kicking the seat? I'm trying to get some sleep or I'm trying to do some work or... I just don't like having my seat kicked. I don't really, I don't know if I need to have a reason, but sometimes you have to give a reason. Um, I bring this up because I saw a story that I tried to put myself in the position of someone sitting on that plane. And I think, I think I would have reacted or fallen into the camp as many of these other passengers. So we've all been to, uh, Carnivals, fairs, the circus, an amusement park. They all, all those places sell those novelties that light up, right? Sometimes it's a sword, sometimes it's a necklace, uh, sometimes it's a hat or sunglasses, and they've got the blinking, flashing lights on them. And, uh, sometimes you can change the colors, sometimes you can change how fast things blink, but you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's one of those novelty items that you, you know, we've all seen them. So a kid gets on this plane with with their parents. Kid's about six. They're somewhere between five and seven is the is the report. So I went with six. That's right between. Um, gets on and they have a hat on, a, a fur hat, and it's got all these blinking lights. Just uh, it's a bunny hat. He the kid's having a ball. Got this bunny hat on. It's blinking, 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 but then sits down and it's it's flat. It's like a disco on his head and people around him are getting a little upset because they're, you know, 
they're distracted by this blinking, whether they're trying to read or whether they're trying to watch a movie or whatever. And the parents don't seem to care that the kid's hat is blinking. Uh, one of the flight attendants chimed in, said, uh, as a flight attendant, I'd say put, put it away. There are people trying to rest, read, or watch a movie. There are also people with disabilities. This can be incredibly annoying and irritating to them. Uh, I didn't even think of the flashing lights and the possibility. Now, I don't know the exact uh, medical triggers for people having seizures, but I do know that I, if I'm watching Stranger Things or some other TV shows, there's a warning up front that this show contains flashing strobe lights that may bother people who are sensitive to that kind of thing. So it's not really clear if anybody confronted them, you know, uh, if anybody asked the kid to take off the hat, but plenty of people on the flight were very, very upset. And that's when the question came up about adult-only flights because uh, there was a survey. Now, it was a very small survey, 1,000 people, asked if they would actually uh, enjoy adult-only flights. What do you think the percentage was out of that thousand? Matt, if you had to guess, out of 10, out of 10 people, how many people th do you think said, yes, we would enjoy adult only flights? Seven and a half. You are very, very close. It was eight. Eight out of 10 said, yep, we would love it. And I bet there's a huge market for it. Now, it's a great again, idea. I don't, I don't have a problem. So I, pro I wouldn't pay extra if it was extra. If it wasn't extra, I'd, you know, That'd be cool, but I'm not going to pay extra. I'll just, I always have earplugs anyway. Not ear, not headphones, earplugs that just pop them in, cuts out everything. I don't hear anything. That's how I sleep every night. Um, now, you're a young man, Matt. You don't have kids. Uh, would you rather travel without screaming babies or the smell of diapers or uh, children kicking your seat and dropping goldfish crackers all over the floor? Well, today's day and age, you have some adults who act like kids. Yeah, I don't so, like, listen, I don't like the public uh, I think as far when it comes to flying anyway. When it when it comes to flying, it depends how much extra it is. If you're talking a very small difference with the guarantee, I'll take it. But hundred if, bucks. If you're, 100, 100 no, bucks, 100 no, bucks more. No. That's too much? Because okay. I could theoretically fly first class on a you know general population flight, and given that on most aircrafts in first class, it's two and two, the odds of me sitting next to someone or around somebody who's, you know, significantly young would decrease. I and with that, you fly I, airlines that have first class. You are a fancy day. I don't fly. Look, I don't fly. I've only flown first class once in my life, and it was during COVID when it, <laughs> the prices were almost equivalent yeah. between the two. And exactly. At that point, you might as well get, you know, $5 extra to get a little extra leg room. But same thing with the. Kids versus no kids flight. I might as well spend the extra money to get unlimited drinks, to get unlimited food. Or I should clarify, it's the only time I've flown first class for an increased, uh, at the first class rate. I've been on many planes where I've gotten upgraded for free really? to first class. Going from New York City to Ithaca, New York, it happens all the time. How long a flight is that to take full advantage of a... Uh first class seat you don't take advantage of the seat you take advantage of the two canned drinks 
which you could obviously put in your bag, and you take advantage of the free, not really a meal, but you get a choice of a bunch of bag snacks. All right, so you can you can stock up for when you get back to your apartment. Yeah, and as a college student, that's a gold mine. Sure. No, I get that. I get that. Um, yeah, I I've only flown first class once too, and it was very nice. But um, you know, I if I were ever at the point where cost was not an, an issue, and I don't know, I don't know too many people who are fall into that camp that uh, cost isn't an issue. I would I would like to fly first class just for the leg room because coach seats at 65 are very uh very rough on everybody. But the kid thing doesn't bother me. It's and somebody else uh texted in with the point you made, Matt, that uh, I've had more adults misbehave on flights than children. That's from Judy B. Um yeah, I I get that. But I have and normally it's not the kids aren't acting up. The kids are just loud and their kids and again i as a parent if you don't if you don't have empathy for what those parents are going through you probably uh, i don't know maybe you adopted your child when they were teenagers because little kids on a flight are gonna cry sometimes um but like this kid with the flashing hat on a daytime flight it wouldn't have bothered me if we were flying a red eye and I wanted to, you know, and I was going to get to sleep and I'm sitting right behind this kid and he's flat, you know, his head's flashing like, uh, you know, he's at a rave. I don't have time for that. Please turn off your head. I need to. Everybody's <laughs> trying to sleep in here. You got to unplug your dome, kid, because it's time to roll on. We got to take a quick break. We'll come back. Um, if you If you would pay extra for this, let me know. Because according to the survey, 8 out of 10 people, 8 out of 10 people would pay for an adults-only flight. It's WTM. Oh, adults-only flights. That would, be, that would be very nice, I think. Um, according to the survey, more people would do it. This kid's head was, uh, head was flashing. Got to get rid of the hat. That's right. I just I was reading something today. Now you said, Matt, that you've gotten bumped up to first class a number of times when you were flying from New York City to Ithaca. Uh, I wonder if it's because that's the path. But uh, I was seeing this thing about how people travel. It was I, I forget who it was written by. It was one of those things that's supposedly by uh, flight attendants and whatnot. And they say uh, if you want to get bumped up, you should never be wearing shorts. And I. The way the way we fly, and I'm I listen. I'm guilty of this too. I try to be as comfortable as I can be when I fly. But I'm guessing if you were were you, but you were a college student. So there, were there a lot of people vying for these first class seats? Because I'm thinking, you know, I'm guessing you didn't always wear a suit when you flew back to school. No, and I, the way the upgrade actually worked was so. Working in college athletics, I'd always be one of the last people to book my travel. Because Thanksgiving break always fell at the end of football season. Spring break always fell at the end of basketball season. So I would never know when I would have to fly home for those breaks. Right. And so given that I was the last person, I would always get seats in the rear of the plane. And these planes are small. And so when they're, and it's a lot of college students. It's going from Ithaca, New York. You got Cornell, you got Ithaca, you got TC3, all those other upstate New York schools. And so a lot of the college students are in coach. Not a lot of people buy first-class seats. That creates a weight issue. So 
they take the people from the three back rows and the flight attendant goes up the aisle and asks, hey, are you traveling alone? Yes, I'm traveling alone. Come with me. And the second she turns her back, starts walking forward, I grab my bag and then just book it towards the front of the plane because I know I'm getting my free upgrade. It's fantastic. Very nice. I Yeah, that would be... I think that would be fun. Um, Jeff in Fox Point says it depends on how much. The flight length and other circumstances, such as if I need to do any work or whether or not I had consumed an excessive amount of alcohol of beverages... Uh, the previous night, yeah, hungover with a kid screaming. That's uh, that's enough. Uh, from the 414, maybe instead of passengers wanting to be away from the kids, uh, paying more, let's see, from the kids, paying more, have families with children under a certain age flying at certain times, red-eye popular times, pay more for that child. That's it. Yeah, that's another interesting thing. I think the airlines, the, the problem with your idea, which... You know, holds water, have the families pay more. There's probably a lot more people who would pay extra to be on an adults only flight than vice versa. So the airline the the airlines are gonna have an easier time getting money out of them than they would be trying to get it out of a family of four or family of five. So again, while your idea makes sense, the um the airlines are gonna go, well, the people the people who want to be away from kids probably are people who are either single or retired or maybe they're newlywed. They, they don't want to be around kids. They might have a little more disposable income than a family with little kids. So we're going to we're going to go after them because they're the ones they're the ones who are going to uh, fire up the cash. That's just, uh, you know, because everything comes down. Everything comes down to the money. I don't, it's, it's always funny, it's always funny to me uh, how much parents will spend on those goofy things that light up, you know, the, the, the trinkets and things, and I, I was guilty of it too when our daughter was little, Where you know, you go somewhere and you got to get something, but then it was like, oh, to have to wear it all the time, that would drive me crazy if it was just my kid. Uh, so the same survey that said 8 out of 10 people would go on a... Um, Adults only flight. Sixty percent of those people said they'd prefer to be sitting next to a misbehaving child than an annoying adult. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. You know why? Because the kid doesn't know better. An adult should know better. But let's be honest, a lot of adults don't know better. Uh and I was talking about the wearing shorts getting bumped up to first class. I was watching last night, and Matt, you might you know, as a guy who uh, calls basketball, have you seen the Bill Russell documentary on Netflix? Fantastic. Unbelievably wonderful uh, two-part uh, documentary. But you know what struck me? How everybody was dressed when they were going to the basketball games. There were half the, half the men were in suits. And if not, there, there were nobody was wearing jerseys or, you know, Celtic hats. They were all dressed like, they had either just come to work or they were going out for a night on the town. It was it was amazing to me. But yeah, that documentary, if you're if you're a basketball fan and if you're a fan of uh, you know, athletes who don't stay in their lane, which is a lovely uh, you know, a lovely chant toward athletes who try to make a difference. Uh, there was a lot I learned about Bill Russell from watching this that I didn't know. I mean, everybody knows about the 11 titles and all that, which 
That's amazing. That there were out of what what was it? Thirteen years they won eleven titles. Matt, is that correct? Am I am I right on with that? I'll have to get a precise check on that, but yeah, that sounds about right. He didn't win the he didn't win a title the first year. Then starting the second year they won. Then his first year as a player coach he didn't win. That would have been that would have been his twelfth season, I think. Believe and so. And then the following year he they won the title with him as player coach, and then he retired. So I think that's I think that's correct. I may be off one one year, but uh, what an amazing run! So there you go. There's another pick to click. We're gonna after the news. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, some more sports stuff. I don't I don't know if you saw Hard Knocks, and I want to know if you loved a player and they go somewhere else. Do you take great joy in their failure? We'll get to that, but first we have to do this, and then we'll come back. Then it'll be news time. A lot, a lot to get to here on WTMJ Nights. Da, 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 da. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, hard knocks on the other side because oh, things were getting uh, things are getting so crazy out there. Jets Nation is uh, oh, they are all jazzed up. Things are going. Uh, things are well. I don't know. Looking good. We're going to talk about that. And but the main thing we're going to talk about is when do you cut ties with a with a somebody an athlete that you've supported for years and you've cheered for, and then they go to another team and you just turn against them and you want nothing nothing good for them. Uh, I think. <laughs> well, one uh, one bar is doing that. We'll get into all of that anyway. It's seven thirty. We have to go to the WTMJ twenty four hour newsroom. That's where Jessica Gatso is ready to go. <laughs> Yes, let's go, Buffalo. Uh, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank Talk text line. That's how you get a hold of me, Brian Noonan, on WTMJ Nights. Oh, man, football is upon us. The uh, college football season starts this week. Then on the 7th of September, the NFL starts. If you uh, If you're not excited... I don't know. You probably got something else to do. I'm looking forward to college football. I'm I am looking forward to the NFL. I always uh I always like to spend my Sundays like the rest of us watching some games. I haven't I hadn't been watching Hard Knocks training camp with the insert your team name here for years. I watched the first few seasons and we talked about it when this season premiered on HBO. Uh, I, I watched the first episode because there's something about it. There's something about watching training camp and these guys go through it. And I thought of you, Matt, last night. Did you see last night's episode? I did not, unfortunately. Okay. I thought of you because remember when it came out, we talked about uh, the cuts, that they weren't showing the cuts anymore? Yesterday was cut day, yes. They showed one cut. It was a guy that they had been following and they showed him getting cut after the final preseason game. I'm not going to say which one because they follow a lot. So it's a little spoiler because somebody gets cut, but it could be one of any. So, of course, last night they're focusing on um, the final preseason game, and it's the first game that Aaron Rodgers is going to play as a Jet. He's going to get a few snaps, and they're following him through the week buildup. And... I like I like watching everybody besides Aaron Rodgers because 
a lot of these guys are trying to make the team, and it's it's interesting how much they go through. But then part of me was is very interested in how Aaron Rodgers is being perceived in New York and how it's going. And yes, there's editing involved. We all know that it's television, so we get that. Um, but it, there were times last night when I was like, "Oh man, Aaron Rodgers is a jerk," and then I went, "Wait a minute." He's being a jerk because he's trying to get everybody to play at a certain level on the offense. He wants, you know, he's telling the uh, the receivers, hey, this is, try this. If you go here, that's, you know, you're going to be fine. Um, if not, you know, and, and I started I started to really appreciate not just him, but what it takes to, to play at that level. It's... It's crazy. But he also he also dropped one of the best burns on a uh, New York Giants defensive lineman who hit him well after the pass had been thrown. Like, Rodgers let go of the pass. This guy had to take about five more steps and then slammed into him. And there was a little jostling back and forth. And uh, then the guy starts jawing. And Aaron Rodgers goes, I don't even know who you are. And I thought, ooh, ultimate burn. That was uh, that was nice. So you will have to watch that. And Matt, explain to people why you why you played the uh, the Buffalo Bills song. We're not we're not in Buffalo. We're not in Buffalo. But if you're listening to this show right now, <laughs> I'd assume you might be rooting uh, for the Buffalo Bills on September the 11th uh, because yes. of a Jack's American Tavern. They're Offering free bar tabs if Aaron, I love this. if Aaron Rodgers starts Week One, which barring anything unforeseen, he will. Yeah, he's gonna start, and the Jets lose. Not only Week One, they're doing this the whole season. Uh, we will give you the caveats of this, or do you say caveat? I usually say caveat. I don't know why I said caveat. I wanted to be fancy, but uh, how do you feel about somebody? Now, be honest. Up until the last. I know people were starting to turn against Aaron Rodgers, uh, Packers fans, over the last maybe two years because of all the distractions of, is he going to go somewhere else? Is he going to retire? Does he want to be traded? Blah, 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 blah. It's time for Jordan Love to come in. So I get it. I get the last two seasons, The uh, a lot of fans were getting a bad taste in their mouth when it came to Aaron Rodgers. But think back. And think to any any team that you follow and any athlete that you were really a fan of. And then they go to another team. Do you actively root for their failure? Or do you just go, okay, they're on another team. Uh, well, good for them. You know, as long as they're not playing my team, I don't care. You know, I could see, you know, if Aaron Rodgers had gone to the Vikings or the Bears... Sure, then you then you are actively hoping that he does poorly, but he's a, he's with the Jets. So this, this and the reason I am asking that is because of exactly what Matt said. Jack's American Pub on the Lower East Side is giving you this offer. Now here's the deal, though: you can't just roll in at halftime, down you know eight beers, and if they lose, hey, hey guess what? So here's the deal. The Jets lose, you win, but 
you have to open your tab 15 minutes before the Jets game, and you have to stay in the bar the whole time. you got to watch the whole game. Aaron Rodgers has to start. That's what Matt said, which I don't see uh, I don't see him not starting. Everybody on the team is already speaking of him in hushed tones, and uh, you know, they don't use his name. The coach calls him big man. Everybody else, oh, oh, eight, eight, number eight. Oh, yeah, they're, oh, everybody loves Aaron Rodgers there. So he's got to start. That's when the promotion kicks in. As soon you're there 15 minutes before you open a tab, all of a sudden, boom, the game starts. Aaron Rodgers started. Perfect. Um, you have to stay for the whole game, and the Jets have to lose. And then you get your drinks for free. It doesn't include food. It excludes top-shelf liquor. Uh, doesn't work on games where there's Packers games because, of course, uh, if the if the Packers and Jets are playing at the same time, the Packers games are going to be on the TV. All right, let's go through. Um, let's go through, Matt, and we will see. Uh, we will see how often you think we will be able to drink for free. Now, I, I understand we haven't even started the season yet, but you're a man who follows this passionately. So we'll go through. There's a number of games where the Jets are playing, and you could go and get uh, – you could do this. So the Packers organization uh, is also pulling for you to drink for free. They – uh they say that uh, Rodgers plays the majority of the games for the Jets this season. They're, uh, as part of the compensation package in the Rodgers trade, the Packers will get the Jets' first-round pick in 2024. If he plays 65% of his team's snaps, it'll be a second-rounder. So, yes, that's somebody just texted that in uh, from the 414. You are correct. Um, all right. So let's take a quick break. We're going to give Matt a chance to put on his uh, handicapping hat, sports handicapping. He's going to give us the uh, the bets. We're going to find out what games what games we should definitely be at Jack's American Pub, what games eh, maybe we could stay home and drink at home. Um, we'll do all of that. And the question, once your favorite, once your favorite athlete leaves, do you actively root against them or do you just let them go off into the sunset never to be thought of again 855-616-1620 that's the old national bank talk text line old national bank get old it's wtmj nights brian noonan wtmj nights 855-616-1620 all right we're talking about this uh, bar jack's american pub in milwaukee that if the Jets lose, you win. If the Jets lose with Aaron Rodgers starting, and it's not a game day when the um, not a game day when the Packers are playing at the same time, because the Packers games will always get first dibs on the TVs. Then, if you're there before the game, you open a tab, you stay the whole game. The Jets lose. Boom. Guess what? You get your you get your bar tab. No food, no top shelf liquor. That's it. All right, so we're going to go through this. But my question to you is, and we can you you can keep it with Aaron Rodgers, 
Or you can think of another athlete that you've been a big fan of that left the team you rooted for. Did you actively root against them? Michael says, I don't really care what Rodgers does. I won't be at the pub for the Jets game either, but I'm pulling for everyone who will be. Go somebody other than the Jets. Uh, I guess I do kind of care. All right, Michael, there you go. Uh, from the 262, I'm a Tom Brady fan and definitely cheered for the Buccaneers over the Patriots last year as he played. I live in Wisconsin, and it's hard not to cheer for the Packers, except Aaron Rodgers became such a jerk in the last couple years that I was not sad to see him go. Yeah, and that's um, that seemed to be... That seemed to be the prevailing thought over the last couple seasons, and that was, you know, with all the contracts and all the other stuff and the willy and won't he, it, it, it wore on people, as it should. All right, Matt, you're going to be our great prognosticator for the games that are not uh, not up against the the Packers, and these are the games that, if you go to Jack's American Pub, these are the games where you could watch the Jets lose and hopefully get yourself a beverage. All right, so the Jets are taking on Dallas on September 17th. Let's start. What do we think? Let's start with that Dallas. Well, yeah, let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Let's start, yeah, opening day. What am I thinking of? Opening day, be there and be square. Based on what we have right now, you will not pay for your drinks. I like the oh, Buffalo Bills. The only thing that's going for the New York Jets is that it's Rodgers' first game. It's at home. But let's be real. It's on Monday Night Football. Josh Allen, you got the Buffalo Bills, who are mad after they got bounced in an embarrassing effort by the Cincinnati Bengals last year. They obviously have a little bit more fuel to their fire with DeMar Hamlin back and ready to rock and roll. So I like the Bills in that one. And free drinks for you. On to Dallas. They will be at Dallas in the Jerry Dome. Yep, that's the week of September the 17th, week number two. Correct. Stay at home. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good game there. Dallas, they show up once in a blue moon, but I think the Jets, I'm thinking about this in sequence, the Jets, after losing week one against Buffalo, they're going to have some vengeance. Rodgers always plays Dallas well, and it's in Dallas. So I think that he'll go on the road, he'll look for some revenge. Then we go, then New England comes to the, as Aaron Rodgers said last night, multiple times, Jet Life Stadium. He's already, oh, they're, they're already feeling their oats. So uh, the Patriots come to Jet Life Stadium on the 24th of September. Stay at home for that one, too. New England is going to finish last in a uh, stacked AFC East. It's always a good rivalry between the Jets and the Patriots, going back to the butt fumble and many other memorable memories and eventful events. For that game, but the Patriots are having a down year. Mac Jones is still figuring things out. I think Aaron Rodgers and the Jets take the cake on that one. But don't worry, uh, week four, I say show up to the bar week four. Oh, they're going to lose. Show up to the bar, right. Because, yeah, they're going to lose. Yes, they will definitely lose to the Chiefs. So get there early. You're drinking for free. Now, that's that's a, a Sunday night football. So, you know, you'll have to pace yourself. Yes. But, uh, there. Then they go to then they go to Denver. Do we uh, drink or not drink? Don't drink. Don't it, drink. It's Denver. <laughs> it's Sean Payton. They're under a new regime, so it could wind up working out for the Broncos. But I think that they're still figuring things out. Russell Wilson is in a prove it year, but I still think that New York wins that. Sorry, no uh, free drinks for you there. No drinks there. But we're going to get free drinks on the 15th, aren't we? The no Eagles no doubt about that. Jets. Philadelphia Eagles, 
I'm, I'm making my drink list right now for that week. I, I like Philadelphia, lock, stock, and barrel in that game. The reigning NFC champion. They get everybody back. They add pieces to that defensive line. The New York Jets offensive line is in shambles in camp. They're going to get it back together, but no one beats Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Hassan Reddick. I can go on and on and on about that Philadelphia defense. They are just fantastic, and they're going to rip the Jets to shreds. All right, uh, then they, then we take a week off. We rest our livers. We watch uh, we watch other games. Week seven, they have a bye week. Then the Giants are back. Um, I love that it says at the New York Giants, even though they both play at uh, <laughs> at the same place. So uh, the New York Giants, New York Giants, they're an enigma this year. I say, save your liver. I, I like the Jets in that one. The All Giants, right. I think they were a fluke last year. We'll see how they operate with Daniel Jones under a new deal. Saquon Barkley's playing on a one-year contract, but I like the Jets there. All right, let's let's uh, let's do just uh, one or two more. Uh, Monday Night Football, the 6th of November, the Los Angeles Chargers come to JetLife Stadium. Will we be drinking to Aaron Rodgers' defeat, or will we be paying our tab? Keep in mind, this is week nine, so the flex scheduling window has taken effect. So this could or could not happen, considering it is a Monday night game. Monday night in New York in November. I like the Jets in this one. L.A. is a warm-weather team, and uh, they tend to uh, mess up in big-time games. But right now, I like the Jets. All right, and... We'll stop at week 10. Uh, they are out in Las Vegas taking on the Raiders on the 12th of November. Do we pay for our drinks, or is Aaron Rodgers buying our cocktails that day? Aaron Rodgers will not be buying the cocktails that day. Oh. Ve- Vegas, like I said, they're in a state of disarray. Uh Devontae Adams is a bright spot, and also two former Packers dueling it out there. for the, So... We'll see uh, how that adds fuel to the fire, but Jimmy Garoppolo's health is always a question mark. Aiden O'Connell showed a little bit, but not a whole lot for the Raiders during camp. And assuming the Jets do what I expect them to do, they're going to win that game. But the good news next week, uh, they go up to Buffalo. That's not a fun place to play. So uh, November the 19th, free drinks on Aaron Rodgers. Free drinks on Aaron Rodgers. That's what we like. Uh, Now listen, this is not me rooting against Aaron Rodgers. This is me rooting for free drinks. Uh, there's, I guess we, I'm splitting hairs when I say that. I don't want, uh, anything bad to befall him. Uh, and it is, it is fascinating watching the New York Jets fans' reaction to Aaron Rodgers showing up. Um, kids are telling him not to retire. Everybody's cheering for him. I said uh, the rest of the team is, uh, you know, Everybody's, oh, this is great, this is great. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. There is that, um, do you believe in the Hard Knocks curse, Matt? I do. I believe. I mentioned it the last time we talked about it. The last team to make or make it beyond the first round of the playoffs that was on Hard Knocks with the Rams from a couple of years ago. I believe in it, but I also think you got Aaron Rodgers in town. He's going to provide a little bit of success to a team that's desperate. Yes, he's. Uh, it's uh, it's a fascinating watch. Whether you're actively rooting against Aaron Rodgers or you still have a soft spot for him, because well, of all the time he spent in the green and gold. All right, on the other side of the news, hey, it's Wednesday. You know what that means? Yes, we were going to open up the drive-through window, and uh, then we. Uh, oh, 
This is the craziest thing. Uh, the Social Security Administration has released its list of the most unusual baby names for this year. And as you can imagine, the names are very, very wild. So we'll get to that and a whole lot more in the final hour of the big broadcast. That comes your way after the news, which comes your way right after this on WTMJ. Butter pecan coffee at Dunkin'. That was Dunkin pretty good. Donuts, you mean? Uh, yes. And I was shocked by the bill. Shout out Culver's, yeah. Shout I've heard very Culver's. good things about their fish ride. I'm going to go to Panera. I'm going to get a bagel sandwich. Doritos and Papa John's are teaming up. Anything that says ranch. That's why I barely watch a Western about cattle drives. Uh, because of you guys, I had to analyze the hamburger. <laughs> we eat fast food quite a lot. We talk about it even more. Let's visit the WTMJ Night drive through window one more time. With Brian yes, it's amazing. When we started this, I didn't know that there was going to be so many food stories in the news every week, uh, but there are. We are always looking for new suggestions at 855-616-1620. If you tried something new, if you went to a, a fast food or fast casual, too, you know, like a, a Panera or something like that, and you tried something new and you were like, ooh, this was great, or ooh, this was not good, then by all means, jump in. The drive through window is open, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank. Talk and text line, old National Bank. Get old. Um, this is, a few weeks ago we talked about a different lawsuit. Well, now Burger King is being sued, and a U.S. judge has said that, yes, a lawsuit can go ahead against Burger King. Burger King had tried to get the lawsuit dismissed. Um, it's basically saying that Burger King must defend against a claim that its depiction of Whoppers on in-store menu boards mislead reasonable customers amounting to a breach of contract. I love these lawsuits, and I say that facetiously, because are you really... Listen, have you not... If you, have you never been to a Burger King? Um, have you never seen any sort of advertising whatsoever? Have you never seen a picture on social media of a human being? Everything looks better in a picture than it does in real life. But, all right, uh, customers in this proposed class action suit, which, you know, if they started, I, I go to Burger King all the time. I went to Burger King last week. What did I have? I had a Whopper. Was it delicious? Yes. Was it as big as a picture? I don't know. I don't look at the picture. I don't need a picture to know what a Whopper is, so I just order it. Um, Burger King has been accused of portraying burgers with ingredients that, quote, overflow over the bun, end quote, making it appear the burgers are 35% larger and contain more than double the meat than the chain serves. This is... This is one of the problems with this country. <laughs> this, this, this go outside, go cut the grass. Yes, be productive. What are you doing? What are you, you're gonna, you know what? But as long as there's lawyers that'll take this case, there'll be idiots who go. You know what? I went into Burger King and I was gonna get a Whopper because everything looked so sumptuous. And then I got it, and it was just a regular hamburger. It, things weren't overflowing. It just, you know, I, I think maybe they took a. Uh, they, they took a picture wrong, and it was 35%, and I know it was 35% because I have a lot of free time on my hands. Shut up. 
Uh, so Burger King countered that it wasn't required to deliver burgers that look, quote, exactly like the picture, end quote. But the judge says it's going to be up to jurors to tell us what reasonable th- people think. Unfortunately, the jury is going to be made up of people who probably uh, are not reasonable and who are going to say, well, it's a corporation and corporations are all evil. So we must uh, we must give these people their money. Now, like, I will sign up for the, I signed up like for the Facebook lawsuit where they were taking your information and selling it and that kind of thing. I will not, if I, if I get a letter from Burger King or from these lawyers or they're looking for people to sign up, did you eat Whoppers between, you know, May 2023 and August 2023? If so, I'm not uh, joining that class. I'm not going to be part of this. I will not go against my beloved Burger King just because, uh, you know, I, who does it? If you're sitting at home, if you're driving, Matt, if you're pushing buttons, do you need a picture to know what a Whopper looks like? No. Even if you haven't had a Whopper in years, you know what a Whopper looks like. Um, so yes, they're, now, they don't have to worry about the, the judge did dismiss the part of the lawsuit because they were trying to sue based on TV and online ads, too. He said um, the judge didn't find any in which Burger King promised a burger size or patty weight and then failed to deliver it. So uh, the plaintiff's claims are false. According to Burger King, the flame-grilled beef patties portrayed in our advertising are the same patties used in the millions of Whopper sandwiches we serve to guests nationwide. Uh, McDonald's Wendy's also being sued. That's the one we were talking about before in Brooklyn. Uh, Then we also talked about this one, Taco Bell being sued last month, also in Brooklyn. Boy, you know, I get it. It's very expensive to live in New York. If you could augment your income with a windfall of a lawsuit, I understand what you're trying to do, but please stop it. Um, each lawsuit seeks at least five million dollars in damages. So, all right, enough of enough of litigation muddying up our uh, drive-through window. Dave in Caledonia jumps in. He's got a uh, recommendation. He said, good news. Bona Beef is finally coming to Wisconsin and building a new restaurant on Highway 50 in Kenosha. Oh, you a Bona Beef man, Matt? That might be my new stop. I I have to go to Rosemont to get it now. Yeah, that's a ways. Oh, you got to come all the way. Yeah, drive all the way back into Rosemont. Where's the one? Yeah. Ugh. That, that Highway 50 exit in uh, Kenosha, that's the fast food mecca. I was about to say. That's where that's where my uh, White Castle fix is. Okay. Driving home from uh, the station last Wednesday. Last Wednesday, though, after we got done at mid, uh, what did we get done at eleven? I got done at eleven. You got done at four thirty in the morning. Um, the only thing that was open that's that's what they got to do at the Kenosha exit. They got to get things that are open more. Uh, White Castle's open, but then uh, the only other thing open after ten is um, the only other thing after ten is McDonald's. So that's that. But yes, I I used to love going to Bona Beef, and this is a this is a uh, a silly thing, maybe, but I didn't think so. So uh, a few years ago, Bona, one year, this is I won a year's worth of beef sandwiches from Bona Beef. I went; they were having like some grand opening uh, near my house. And we went over to get a sandwich and stuff, and they had this thing, or it was an anniversary, whatever, and they had a tent in the parking lot where you could spin a wheel, and maybe you'd win a bone of beef headband, or you'd win a koozie or something. 
or they had one little triangle on that wheel where you got a year's worth of Italian beef sandwiches. And I've never won anything real in my life like that, but I won a year's worth of beef sandwiches. And so they gave uh, they gave me a coupon book, and I got one beef sandwich a month for twelve months. But then uh, there were being there was a strike against Bona Beef, and a couple of the owners were outside of the store spraying a hose on the people who were picketing, and the people who were picketing were not on their property. And I just thought eh, that's a horrible move. So. I haven't gone back, but they have a good pepper and egg sandwich. Their uh, beef sandwich is good, and they had a uh, they got a nice chopped salad too. I mean, that was that was years ago. I may have to reevaluate my uh, my thoughts on bone and beef. All right, so uh, this is much better news, and we will get to it as the drive-through window continues after this on WTMJ Nights. Drive right on through. It is the drive-through window. We do it every Wednesday at eight o'clock here on WTMJ Nights. Uh, if you have some suggestions of something you have tried, a new fast food uh, sandwich, meal, a fast casual, let us know. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Uh, the 847, this is a tip for you, Matt. There's a bone of beef in Lakemore, Illinois, a lot closer to Wisconsin than Rosemont. Uh, all right, so there you go. Dairy Queen, let's, oh, even though the summer is almost over, yes, it's always a good time for ice cream, is it not? Of course it is. So, for a limited time, Dairy Queen offering blizzards for 85 cents. You cannot beat that deal. And, yes, they're probably the smalls, but who cares? It's 85 cents. It's less than a buck. Um comes uh they drop they just released their new fall blizzard lineup i think we mentioned this because these sounded familiar a reese's peanut butter cup pie blizzard choco dip strawberry blizzard oreo hot cocoa blizzard and caramel fudge cheesecake blizzard those are the new fall blizzard flavors but if you want to get a blizzard for 85 cents you can do it but doesn't start till september 11th september 11th to the 24th there you go that is terrific who doesn't like a blizzard? I love them. Uh, all right, this is cool, too. Uh, I I remember, I'm old enough to remember when Pringles came out. Pringles are back. Kellogg's is introducing a new limited edition Pringles. They're everything bagel. It is now available at select stores. When it comes to bagels, I don't like an everything bagel. That's too much. But people love them. People love the everything bagel. So if you like those and you like Pringles, this is just for you. Um... It's uh, the new taste has the everything bagel experience, cream cheese and all without the mess. The flavor notes of sesame and poppy seeds, followed by hints of cream cheese that perfectly blend with toasted onion and garlic. Snackers and bagel aficionados can enjoy a morning bagel in crisp form anytime they want. Yes. Oh, I'm getting, yes, just a hint of cream cheese. Mm. Is there a percentage on there? Of the hint of cream cheese? No, just a hint. What, what if it's more than a hint? Well, it can't be. Or less than a hint. Per- then that's not as advertised. Matt, listen. Then I think a lawsuit is... Exactly. You want, but it says that hint is going to blend perfectly with toasted onion and garlic. So you have to prove that the amount of cream cheese does not blend perfectly with the onion and garlic. Because a hint... That does pair, it, there doesn't have to be a percentage. It just has to pair perfectly. 
Just put your lawyer on hold for a minute. Get out there. Do you eat Pringles? Back in the day. Yeah. I have found, I. it's funny, uh, back, I was never a huge fan of Pringles, not because I cut my hand many times on the can, but uh, I just, I liked the greasy taste of regular potato chips. I grew up eating Jay's potato chips. Um, but then, a number of years ago, I started eating baked potato chips because I thought uh, they were a little bit, little bit healthier. You know, less fat, fewer calories, blah, 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 the usual thing. Uh, and I realized these taste exactly like Pringles. So now, you know, that's fine. But I'm, I'm out. When it comes to the everything bagel thing, I'm, please, that's not, uh, I don't want to get into that. That's not my, uh, uh, it's too much. Why do you have to have everything on your bagel? Just pick something. You like sesame seeds? Good. Go with that. You like Asiago cheese? That's fine. Speaking of bagels, Panera has made the drive-thru window this week for sad news because they are shrinking their menu. A lot of places are doing it because of rising costs and this and that, whether it's fast food or fast casual. Uh, So Panera is dropping a lot of items. And as I'm looking at the items, I'm like, wait, no, some of these are great. Um so, this one hurt me the most. Their French onion soup. They're cutting three soups off the menu, but the French onion soup is one is the one that got singled out here, which is they make a fine French onion soup. Then, all souffles, sausages, and brioche. So that means no more uh, sausage bagel sandwiches. They're just going to go with the bacon. Chive and onion cream cheese, my favorite kind of cream cheese. They're cutting that. Three kinds of bagels, blueberry, chocolate chip, and sesame. Um, the entire kid's menu. That's right. Your children are no longer welcome at Panera. They are cutting the entire kid's menu. That's going to... I would think that would hurt them. But they must have done enough research to figure out that, no, um, people, aren't, uh, people aren't bringing their kids to Panera. But I see a lot of kids when I go to Panera. It's usually on a you know a Sunday morning to get bagels, but you know even if they're only coming in once a week, I guess they figure the kids are in school. We don't need them here. Uh, <laughs> all right, I've never ordered this. I didn't know this was a thing at Panera that you could get over easy and runny eggs, over easy or runny eggs. Well, I hope you enjoyed it while you could, because uh, it is not happening anymore. There will be no more. Oh boy, who is this? Uh, Peter sending in a uh, sending in a picture. He's got a bottle of everything but the bagel, uh, some sort of seasoning. So he makes his own everything bagels. It's a lot. My daughter brought one time. We had an every everything bagel like cashew, which you can't mix the you know cashews and bagels. But anyway, you you get the point. It was the same seasoning. Too much again. Too much. Matt, I'm a simple man. I don't need all those seasonings. Do you enjoy one seasoning or do you like do you like everything on there? You want it all in one. You're a, you're a man who needs all his senses stimulated at one time. On a bagel, keep it simple. Yeah. What's your go-to bagel? I like an egg bagel. I like sometimes sesame seed if it's got chocolate chips or blueberries. But I'm, I'm a simple guy. I like stuff on top of the bagel, not in the bagel. I'm with you. 
I go, uh, Asiago cheese bagel is my first, followed by onion bagel. And uh, that's it. Every, years ago, when I was uh, eating food like I was uh, on my way to death row, I would get, I would have a savory bagel, so I'd have the Asiago cheese bagel. But then Panera has a nice cinnamon bagel, and they used to have a cinnamon brown sugar cream cheese. Um, so <laughs> you'd go savory, then sweet. So delicious. All right, well, this is very sad for Panera fans. They're uh, getting rid of so many things that you want, eight sweets and pastries, all kinds of uh, stuff. But sometimes we end on a happy note. Sometimes we end on a sad note. Peter said, Peter has a lot of, on the text line, Peter's sending in, he's got an everything but the, everything but the elote seasoning blend. Now, see, all right, there's a, there's a perfect example. Because the exception proves the rule, or disproves the rule. For elote, I do like all the, all the seasoning and stuff if I'm going to have that uh, street corn. That I do really like. Now that I would use. The other, the other seasoning, not so much. Hey, listen, enough, enough chit chat about food. We're, we're all working. We don't have time to eat. It's, uh, we gotta do this. Then it's gonna be news time. It's WTMJ Nights. We are. We're doing a classic rock. We've done the eight thirty to nine is just classic rock here on WTMJ Nights. Little Rhiannon, maybe we uh, swing into some Boston. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be dealer's choice. Maybe we go Kansas, carry on Wayward Son. Then I uh, end with uh, Running with the Devil, Little Van Halen to take us out of our half hour rock block. <laughs> right now the boss is like, he better not be doing a half hour rock block. That would be fun. What would your, what would, all right, you pick this one, Matt. If we were going to do a classic rock block from 830 to 9, what would be your, just off the top of your head, your first three classic rock songs that you would play? Uh, songs? I was going to go with yes. art. <laughs> I was going to go with artists. I was going to go with artists, but songs? I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac guy, so it'll probably be three right. three Fleetwood Macs. I can't I can't think of which oh, songs. You're, you're going uh, you're going for a uh, I was going to say two for Tuesday or three for Thursday. But you got I don't know if you consider it's not classic rock. The Bee Gees aren't rock. I consider that more disco. That is definitely disco or um, or yacht rock. That, that is true. Be, we could throw that into yacht rock. Maybe every night from you know eight thirty. Kiss. Different, like, there, there's a lot you could go with. I'm a huge classic rock guy. So I'm all down for that. We should all do right. that. We'll go some, yeah, even with the bumps. So I, I'd go Van Halen, ACDC, uh, if we were just going artists. If not, it would be uh, Running With The Devil and, um, oh, I don't know. Thunderstruck or Hell's Bells for my ACDC. You're a Sox fan, so that makes sense. I, yeah, so that, yeah, those were, Thunderstruck was the big Sox thing. Uh, Peter, Don't Stop by Fleetwood Mac, Wayward Son by Kansas, and More Than a Feeling by Boston. All right, Peter's giving us good our, list. our uh, 830 to 9 rock block. That is a good list. <laughs> um, and then, I boy, I, there's so many. Uh, I might go a little ZZ Top, Beer Drinkers, Hellraisers. Uh, I do like, I do like more Fleetwood Mac, so I would keep some Fleetwood Mac in there. Maybe I'd throw in Winning by Santana, just for fun. 
Uh, I would throw in... Uh, gotta love Queen. Yeah, gotta love Queen. Except I, I don't want to hear uh, We Are the Champions, and I don't want to hear Bohemian Rhapsody. So we could throw in another Queen song. We gotta throw in... Um, oh, yeah, there'd be a lot in the The Who, Bob O'Reilly would be a good one. Uh, yeah, any, a lot of Who songs. Don't Get Fooled Again. Eagles. Um Stairway to Stairway to Heaven, Dave, a little overplayed, but okay. Anything from Metallica off the Black album and uh, Tom Sawyer by Rush. All right, listen, this eight thirty rock block is uh, taken off. A lot of good suggestions, and maybe maybe we change it. Uh, like Wednesdays are classic rock, and uh, different days of the week have different rock blocks. Or we could set you up a, a little poll, maybe create a little Twitter poll on what you want the second right. to last bump to be coming out of the second to last break. We'll see how All what right. we get. Let's see if we can do. That would be good. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, I'll let you uh, let you do this. So pick. All right, let's pick two songs then from this list of uh, that we had um, that we had suggested to us. Let's put in. Since you already played a Fleetwood Mac, we'll take Fleetwood Mac off of tonight's because we already had a good Fleetwood Mac one. Let's do uh, "Carry On Wayward Son" by Kansas, and then. Um, how about let's go popular Metallica, let's go Enter Sandman for the other one. So that's one from Dave's list and one from Peter's list. So Enter Sandman or uh, Carry On Wayward Son for our last bump of the night. <laughs> and this is all, you know, sometimes uh, I say something off the top of my head and then it, it turns into a thing and Matt plays along and goes, okay, let's, uh, we can do that. And uh, you guys jump in. D is saying uh, Children of the Sun by Billy Thorpe for the, uh, the 830 Classic Rock Block. <laughs> I can't wait to get the email tomorrow from the boss. I don't know what you were doing at 830, but uh, you know we're not a rock station, right? All right, what is the most unusual name that you have come across whether it's somebody you know somebody you uh maybe you work with your kid came home and introduced you to one of their friends and their friend had an unusual name the reason i'm asking this is because i love this every year the social security administration puts out this list of the most popular baby names in the u.s they do this every year but uh, this year they also put out the 50 unusual baby names that parents chose. This was for 2022. Now, these names reflect fewer than 10 babies each, but somewhere in the world there are nine, there are between anywhere one to nine babies named these names. And a lot of them, I'm anticipating in 18 years, a lot of uh, real-life remakes of The Boy Named Sue, because if you saddle your kid with a crazy name, at some point they are going to re resent you. And that's just a fact. And that name could be something wildly bizarre, like uh, some of the ones I'll read off this list. It could be just a name that you personally hate. And you resent the fact that your parents named you that. It's like, how could you name me? And I'm not going to say say a name in this situation because I don't want to offend anybody if that is your name. But these are the names from the uh, Social Security Administration. I'm just going to highlight a few of the girls' names because uh, this first one, 
I think we can all agree. Stop. Minnow. Like the fish. You can name your... I I still think like a 12-year-old boy sometimes. Some of you might say I think like a 12-year-old boy a lot of times or most of the time. But I'm looking at these names from somebody who is around elementary school kids and who used to be an elementary school kid. And I can think of a, a dozen ways to make fun. And, and I'm not, again, I know it's not right to make fun. I'm not saying you you should excuse if your child is making fun of another child's name or if your child is being made fun of. I'm not saying that, but I'm going to deal in the real world where we all know kids can be punks and they can be mean. And sometimes they will make fun of someone for whatever reason. It could be the color of their backpack. Just, oh, what are you doing with a pink backpack, Bubba? Uh, you know, the kids are goofballs. So I can think of a few insults for Minnow. Uh, joyous, Bronte, Katniss, I know, I know Hunger Games. Don't name your kid after, uh, after a fictional archer, Katniss, Skylark. I drew a Buick Skylark once. Uh, interview, the I, interview too. The, the interview? The movie, Dave Skylark, the host. Off the, wait a minute. I'm I'm missing that. What it, the, if it's with Seth Rogen and James Franco? Oh, I never saw that. That's where they interview Kim Jong Un, yep. right? Okay, I've never seen the movie. Great movie. We'll put that on your list. All right. Yes. Good. We finally got one to put on my list. I. You know what? I've passed that a number of times on uh, cable, and I've just never stopped and watched it. All right. I will keep an eye out for it. Uh, Menorah, elegance. Here's one. If you name your daughter Canary. Either you better be working in a coal mine or you're just an irresponsible parent. Well, her sister Hummingbird and her other sister Rockin' Robin would disagree. No, they wouldn't. They all hate their names and uh, they will represent you. Ibiza, you want to name your daughter after a Spanish island where everybody's hammered and uh, knocking boots? No. Strawberry, Bardot. Pearly and Horizon. Those are just some of the most unusual names for girls. Uh, let's see. I once worked with a Libyan American guy named uh, Hampar. I think it's Hamparsawam. He called himself Hampy. That was probably easier. Yeah, it's like those are unusual names to Americans because we may not have heard them before. Like when I was over in Ireland last year, there's some of my relatives. I, I look at how their name is spelled and it's, it, it is like it's in another language, but they're, you know, old Irish names. So those, those I count as just, you know, those are cultural names or family names or something like that. These, there's not too many people who, uh, you know, Strawberry is an old family name. When my grandmother came over from Liverpool uh, on the boat, her name was Strawberry Jamley. And now I have named you Strawberry in her honor. Uh, this is one name, if I had had a boy, I probably would have named him Barley. And then his brother Hops. Um, Barley, Dragon. 
uh, Daytona. <laughs> Stop it. Utah. Only Johnny Utah from Point Break can have Utah as a name. You cannot name a boy Utah. Could, what what could their last name be? State line? <laughs> I don't know. Daytona's better be 500. Yeah. it's. Uh, what are you doing? What are you calling your... Now, this... I've I've met a couple guys named Dragon, but not spelled like the mythical beast. Spelled like um, I, I forget where their ancestry was, but it was Eastern European. That so I've heard that name before, but not spelled like a fire breather. It's like Dragon um, Bender, the basketball player. Yes, yes. Uh, would you name your child Clever? No. Why don't you just name him Brilliant? If you're going to go that far and make him a target, uh, here's some for Name him dumb, low expectations. <laughs> well, I'm going to give that to the parents who name their child either Chaos, Ruckus, or Crash. Uh, then somebody named their son Awesome. No, thank you. No, thank you. And Cotton makes... <laughs> I boy, people are just people are out of their minds. Cotton got a sibling named Polyester. Could be, could be, and uh, their other child, their other sibling, Wooly. So there's a lot Argyle? going on. Like going on that. <laughs> text the textile. His name's Textile, but we call him Text. Well, we had to call school and let them know that that was okay because they sent home a note. <laughs> And said, uh, your son Textile wants to be called Text. Is that okay? And we're like, mm, I don't know. What gender is Text? And we're like, it's it's a, not even a gender word. So what? And the, oh, okay. Boy, that was a callback to 7 o'clock. Good luck if you're just joining us keeping up. Uh, spe- speaking of keeping up, we have to keep up with taking care of business right here on WTMJ Nights. There'll be peace when you are yeah. So is this this is the one that won the poll, or you just picked this one, Matt? Due to a lack of votes. All right. Yeah, we didn't. I'd say you know this would be our winner. Oh, from Left Overture. Yeah, Left Overture's Kansas. Carry on, Wayward So. The eight thirty nine rock block on WTMJ night. Throw. I got to throw on the bad DJ voice too. You know, especially if we're gonna. You know. We're doing a summer end of summer rock festival at the Speedway on Sunday. Daytona's we going to be there. Who's going to be there? Daytona. Dayton- Daytona's <laughs> coming here. Yeah, Daytona's uh, opening for Cotton, and uh, he's followed up by Butterfly and Crystal Savage. So, <laughs> who is this a real thing? Where can we get tickets? Should we go to WTMJ.com? You should, but not for tickets to my fake end of summer uh, rock bash. That's not happening. Uh, we were talking about Crazy Daves. Somebody said, what about Rumor and Tallulah Willis, Bruce uh, Willis and Debbie Moore's kids, or Moon Unit Zappa? Yeah, celebrities Celebrities uh, don't count because they're wacky. Look at Elon. And Who's that? Oh, Elon. What's, his kid's name's a symbol, isn't it? Like XAE to the 33rd power? I don't know. Yeah. But the weird thing is, at home, they just call him Bill. That's it. They don't care. Uh, And, boy, imagine the letter that his school is going to have to send home. We're not sure what to call your child. So could you just homeschool him? Because this is going to be way too complicated for us. And we have other things to worry about, like kids getting lunch and uh, how are we going to teach a kid to read. We can't go and decipher your uh, computer code of a name for your son. 
dork. Um, not the kid, the parent. Uh, dorky, dorky. The uh, this is this is really cool. I don't know if uh, if you need this, but I saw this and I thought this was great. Lego has released Braille versions of their blocks for um, for people who are uh, partially sighted, fully sighted, or or blind. So if you've ever thought, wow, I kind of like to learn Braille, it seems fascinating, or somebody in my family is losing their eyesight, may, this might be a way to go, a fun way to kind of uh, educate yourself or help somebody who is going through that, and especially... Uh, if you have a kid, because the Braille bricks are aimed at kids ages 6 and older, it uh, doesn't matter what sight ability they have, they can still use them because they work, they're, well, they're Legos. They come with the, they come with the whole big thing. The set of Braille bricks includes 287 bricks in five colors, uh, white, yellow, green, red, and blue. And they work with any other Lego set that you have, because they're Legos. They, um, so the studs, correspond to the numbers and letters in the Braille system with the printed version of the symbol or letter shown beneath the studs. Uh, so if you are partially sighted or fully sighted, you can, you know, that's a good way to learn it. You see it. And if you're not, and um, you can, if you know Braille or you learn Braille that way. So they're available in English and French starting on Friday. And you can pre-order them now, or uh, they're going to be coming out with additional languages. So it's going to be cool. Their press release said for blind and partially sighted children and adults, uh, it makes all the difference if they can share their journey of learning Braille with the people they love the most. For the blind community, Braille is not just literacy. It's uh, the entry to independence and inclusion into the world. And to have Lego Braille bricks made available to the wider public is a massive step forward. So, yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. So, again, they can be... And the good thing is, they hurt just as much if you step on them in the middle of the night, parents. So it doesn't matter. Um, you can, if you're a child or you you just want to learn Braille, yeah, you can still step on these bricks and then end up swearing in the dark. So that's that's nice, right? It's all, everybody's Everything works out for the best. Everything is the same when it comes to that. Uh, are you going to be running out while uh, when you start Dave Ramsey to uh, check out the super moon, the big blue moon tonight, uh, Matt? It's impressive. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I hope it's I still out there on my way home. It. Yeah. Oh, it'll be out. They say, actually, they say the best time to see it is when the moon is first coming up or when the moon is setting. So if you stay up late enough, or get up early enough, that'll be the best time when you see it go over the horizon. So, you know, you might want to run outside, see what's going on, and uh, get, you, get yourself a little uh, vision of the the big blue moon. I want to just touch briefly, because we've talked about your, uh, your sports success in the past, and now you've added another, another sport that you're going to be calling uh, the games for. Tomorrow you're doing a women's soccer game for DePaul University. That is, uh, that's very exciting. How did this come about? Because last we heard, and you're still doing football, uh, your high school football games, how'd you end up uh, with DePaul with the Blue Demon soccer teams? It's all about reaching out. So I reached out uh, to their sports information director, and it just so happened that 
uh, are you shot at the right time? They were adding uh, people to their broadcast teams and uh, like what I had to offer. And so uh, emailed me back and said, we have these days available for you. And uh, yeah, so- signed right up. It'll be exciting. Uh, women against Eastern Kentucky tomorrow. Wow. And uh, DePaul's really expanding them along with the rest of the Big East. So Marquette, Butler, you name it, uh, all across this part of the country. And then you got the Providences and then the Creightons out west, Providence obviously out east. But they're really expanding their media coverage. They're constantly growing, and it's really exciting for the conference, especially you got the fall sports now, and then you got Big East basketball in the winter, which is one of the prime conferences in college basketball. All right, let me ask you this, because I know you've done baseball before. And you've obviously done football. Do you do you know a lot about soccer enough to call a game? How does do you do you have to know every game before you can even like reach out to them? You have to know. It depends on the situation and what level you're reaching out. For Division One, you have to know the game. Like you, know you can't. Soccer? Like I've worked with broadcasters at lower levels before, and the biggest thing in soccer for those of you who are not familiar with the game, if and I'm going to try and phrase this the right way. If an infraction involving illegal contact occurs inside the 18-yard box, which is the big box on either end of the field, it is called a penalty. If it occurs outside, it's called a foul. Oh. And there are people who mix the two up and think they're interchangeable because in football or in basketball, you can use those terms interchangeably sure. even though... In football, penalty is the proper term. In basketball, it's foul. But you could say it, and it's the same thing. In soccer, it's not the same thing. The What happens as a result is different. So you need to know stuff like that. You need to just know, I don't want to say a simple, but I'd say intermediate to advanced level of the game. You need to know if a whistle's blown and a signal happens, what it is. You don't okay. need to know if... DePaul's lining up in a certain formation and Eastern Kentucky lines up in this formation, then they're going to do this and work out this way. You know, if you're doing color, you're going to need to know that. But for calling the game, it really doesn't matter that aspect of it. But you got to know if something happens, you need to know what's going on in the field. Now, have you called soccer before? Yes, I have. So I called a couple games at the D3 level uh, back up in New York, called a couple high school games. Um, So this will be my first. or second, rather, Division One, and it'll be exciting. Wow, congratulations. That is very exciting. So that's tomorrow night, so you won't be here tomorrow night. Unfortunately, uh, you got Tommy tomorrow night, I'm sorry. Think Tommy is making his big comeback tomorrow night, so that'll be good. Well, that's that's exciting. Is it? Is the game at DePaul? Yep, it's at uh, Wishfield, right off of the Fullerton red, bl- brown, purple line stop. Literally right off of it. Like, soccer balls go onto the tracks. And then wind up at Howard or 95th Street, depending on which track they land on. That doesn't seem like very accurate kicking. Or striking, as we like to no, say. No, it's not. If you kick it onto the L tracks, it, yeah. it, you're, you're kicking it way off the sideline. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the L to stop at Fullerton. Yeah. And the doors open on the correct side. Someone kicks it, and it goes kicking into right the train. Through. That would be great, and someone gets a free soccer ball. Yeah, somebody gets a free soccer ball, and you got to give you got to give that team that three points. What do you say to people, Matt? Who and I I know a little about soccer only because I coached uh, AYSO. That's and I took the the officiating class, and I wore the yellow shirt and the the socks for a little bit. 
Uh, so, but I, I don't claim to be knowledgeable about soccer. But what would you say to people who are who are still in this day and age, uh, saying, "Well, you know, I don't like any game that can end in a tie, and you don't know how much time is left, and it's boring, and blah 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 blah." blah. I'd say watch the game. I'd say watch the game because I understand it can end in ties, but you also think about it in a way of like the best big four sport I can compare it to in terms of how it works is hockey. Because in hockey, you look at the standings. If a game goes into overtime, teams split the points and play for a bonus. Right. Yep. Soccer is the same exact thing, except there's no bonus point in the regular season. Uh-huh. So if you look at the standings beforehand, and this is not the case right now, but just throwing names off the top of my head. If DePaul trails Marquette by two points for the final spot in the Big East tournament, they need to win, whereas if they're playing Providence and Providence draws against them, then it's a different situation. you got to think about it in points, not in terms of necessarily the result. All right, now I think we've talked too long, so we're going to say goodnight now. Would that be accurate? Yes, that would be accurate. Oh, that would be accurate. Got, well, got to save my voice for tomorrow. Yes, you, you've got a big night. I, you know, I'm going to be running my yapper tomorrow starting at 6. Thanks for listening and being part of the show. Break a leg tomorrow night. I don't know if they say that in the sports game, but have a great call tomorrow night, Matt. And uh, we'll talk to you then. Dave Ramsey comes your way after the news, which is right after this on WTMJ.